0: Social Dallas fam, I, uh, I never forget years ago hearing somebody say that we need to spend less time teaching our daughters to fit into glass slippers and more time teaching them how to break through glass ceilings. And uh, I love that mantra because it's really reflective of our culture here at Social. We champion uh, incredible women of God. And I believe that God uses them powerfully. I'm thankful for my mom, who is a prayer warrior and leads our prayer ministry. We affectionately call her Pastor Honey. And I'm thankful for who you're going to hear from today. My bride, the woman that doesn't stand behind me, but beside me. Who is full of strength, who's full of resilience. She is my best friend. And uh, I don't know anybody as strong and as kind as Taylor Madue. Uh, she makes me want to love Jesus and love people better. And hear me, she has a word from God. The enemy tried to stop this word, but she don't preach it today. And uh, come on, can we welcome her, Social Dallas? Come on, y'all can do better than that. That's my
1: baby. Wow, guys. (laughs) We're here. We're here. Hallelujah. Let me take my moment real quick and just fix my posture, my gaze on my Father who I love. Father, we fix our gaze on you today and we worship you because of who you are. It's not just from a Bible story that we've read about or a song that we've sung about, but God, it is so personal to me. You, God, Savior of my life, it is so personal to me. So God, I fix my eyes on you and I say thank you because you're worthy. I say thank you because you're mighty. I say thank you that once upon a time, Mother's Day was a sting for me, but given to you, God, you you took what was once pain and now you gave me purpose. And I stand today as a testimony of your grace, as a testimony of your power, as a testimony that if God did it for me, he can do it for you. So God, I fix my gaze on you and I say I love you over over and over and over and over and over and over again. I can never stop singing, I can never stop praising, I can't stop thanking. I can't stop expressing because you've been so good to me. And I love you, Jesus. We love you. We are here for you today, God. We are here for no other name but the name of Jesus. And in that name, in that name, darkness bows. In that name, peace. The peace of God is released in that name healing is released in that name in that name it's the name above every name Jesus Yeshua Emmanuel Alpha and Omega beginning and the end the lion and the lamb you are you are the I am that I am God we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you power and we give you praise because we know that you're about to do something in this house and the enemy is not happy about it we press back and and we declare the freedom of God, the freedom of God, the salvation of the Lord and heaven is expanding right now because people's hearts are turning back to you, Father. So we give you glory, we give you honor. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're my King. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You redeemed me, God. You redeemed me, and I just say thank you. Thank you. We open our hearts today to receive all that you wanna say and do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I shared this story a few years ago, but Once upon a time, Mother's Day was a sting for me. I was a teen pregnant at 18 years old. And Will, you can stay up here for a second. I gave birth on Christmas Eve of 2005 to my baby boy, Micah, which means God's mouthpiece. And I named him Micah because my name is Micah. And I said, Lord, I will spend the rest of my life sharing the good news, sharing the gospel, sharing what you've done in my life. and so. I'll never forget holding Micah in his lifeless body for about 18 and a half hours in the hospital room. I grieved and I was so broken and darkness, it just felt like it, it flooded that hospital room. But on the same hand, as I fixed my eyes on Jesus, I said, okay, God, I, I've heard about you. My dad's a pastor. I've, I've heard of you're a God that makes all things new, so can you do that in my life? And I felt the breath of God and the life of God come into that room and fill me once again. And so fast forward, Mother's Day came around, and I remember it being so hard because I didn't know. Am I, am I a mom? I don't, I don't know if I'm a mom. I'm, I got pregnant out of wedlock and I lost my baby. I don't, should I stand, should I sit? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But God used those trying moments and those dark seasons of my life to teach me who He is, to equip me for the days that I'm living in now. And so never underestimate the power of your pain. I know sometimes it's hard to see beyond your pain because that's all—that's the only thing that you see. You just know what you want and what you desire and you can't see beyond it, but I'm telling you, this is not a cheesy phrase that I, I declare today, but there's purpose there's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your pain and in your longing. And I promise you that one day you'll sin on the other side as a living testimony and you'll be able to say to God be the glory for all the things that he's done. So I bless you today. To every woman who desires a family, I bless you right now in Jesus' name. To every woman who has lost um, a child, I bless you in Jesus' name. To the woman who has had an abortion, I bless you in Jesus' name. To the woman who is confused and you just need a little glimpse of hope, I bless you in Jesus' name. And to all the mamas in the room, I bless you in Jesus' name. It ain't no joke out here in these streets, you hear me? So today is a day to celebrate. At Social Dallas, we like to celebrate all women. So are you ready for God's Word today? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really ready. Who was in the first service? Oh, sorry about that. Okay, Will. Thank you, Will. Sorry, Will. I don't know why I keep saying sorry, but I feel like that was probably the most awkward moment of my life. <laughs> hey, I passed out in first service, for those of you that don't know. Let me just address the elephant in the room. I was standing here, and all of a sudden, I, apparently, I don't know what happened, but maybe you can, maybe it'll go viral. I don't know. I'm kind of worried it'll go viral, but it is what it is. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow guys. Attitude of joy. You hear us talk about operating generosity is one of our core values. Well, attitude of joy is one of our core values. So listen, the devil can't take my joy today, okay? Happy Mother's Day to me. Okay. I'm feeling good. You may see me like move my legs a little bit, you know, over here, over here, over here. We're gonna preach the word today. What's funny is the title of my message is Peace That Makes No Sense. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you on the front end. Um, Peace That Makes No Sense. So uh, for those of you that don't know much about me, I actually wear... lot of hats these days. Um, Mom, so that's one of the greatest joys of my life is being a mama. So happy Mother's Day to me, to everybody, right? Um, And also, I'm a wife to Robert Madu. Actually, my favorite title is Robert Madu's wife. That like is just everything to me. Babe, I love you so much. Co-pastor of Social Dallas, sister, daughter, friend. I love to be everybody's friend. Um, One of the most recent ones was last year I became a squirrel mom. (laughs) Y'all confused? Oh my gosh, that's my squirrel, Sonny. So what happened was it was spring of 2022. And all of a sudden, my kids run in and say, Theo has a baby squirrel in his, Theo's our golden doodle. He has a baby squirrel in his mouth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what are you talking about? And Let me tell you something. On my watch, ain't nothing gonna go down. Ain't nothing gonna die, okay? So I said, bring the squirrel to me. So we end up feeding the squirrel, bringing it back to life, and it lived in our house for a year, y'all pray for Pastor Robert, cause he doesn't like animals, but I'm here for the animals, okay? So I'm a squirrel mom, I'm also a comedian. I think I'm so funny. I actually think I'm super funny and like people don't laugh at my jokes and it's okay because I laugh at my own jokes, okay? So I'm gonna call myself a comedian too, okay? Are y'all laughing? This is just fantastic, okay, great. And my latest, my newest, I am, ladies and gentlemen, a gardener. A gardener, people like to call me a gardener. Um, So here's the deal. I have wanted a garden for years, really my whole life I've wanted a garden. Um, and, but I thought I was like always so busy that there was no way that I would be able to have time to go get the tubs or dig in the ground and do all the things that it takes to get a garden. But here's the deal about, was it about four weeks ago, Pastor Robert and I, you know, we were, we were low key drowning as pastors. We said we need to. Get away, y'all! It ain't no joke leaving this church. You hear me? So y'all pray for your pastors. Thank you for that. So we literally get on a plane last minute. We go to Napa, and we're chilling in Napa. It's like the most beautiful place in the world. It's like my favorite place. So we're in Napa. And, um, literally I'm looking at everything that brings me joy. So the colors are beautiful. There's a spa. They actually have my Nespresso machine in my hotel, which brings me joy. And I just was loving life. But yet there was like this underlying, like, like channeling of um, current of like anxiety. Can I just say that? I was like, what the heck is happening? I have nothing to complain about. I have nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to be worried about. And why am I feeling anxious? And so I get on the phone with my therapist. You know, I meet with her. Her name is Peggy. Shout out, Peggy. And we meet about once a week, okay? You should be in therapy. It's great, y'all. It's fantastic, okay? Wonderful counselor. That is who he is, and he works through people, and it's changed my life. So I'm just going to put that there. And so I'm on the phone with her, and she said, well, this is what's happening. Your brain is short-circuiting and over-firing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm jacked up. But you know what? There's... There's room for grace, so we're we're grateful for grace. And it's a process, so being in God's Word, but also just taking time and doing things like you're doing. So as I'm walking down through the vineyards with the love of my life, there's actually bunnies hopping through, and it's just amazing. All of a sudden, I see them at the hotel creating a garden. And I'm like, the ointment that that was for my soul just seeing the garden, I said, you know what? I'm fighting for this peace. And I'm gonna go back to my house and make me a garden. So we land, okay? We land in Dallas, I literally load up, go to Home Depot straight. I'm like, I'm about to have a garden in my backyard, okay? I'm an extremist, I go to the very extreme, and if I want something to happen, it's gonna happen. So, I go to Home Depot, I get all these tubs. It's like a real thing. I'm determined to create this garden in my backyard. I also call my friend Leslie. Um, who comes over? She has 14 acres. She has chicken coops. She has what else does she have? She has a garden with spinach and kale and cantaloupes and watermelon. And she also she even raises bees. You know, like she has honey and bees and all that. But here's the deal: I love the outdoors and I love the idea of having a garden and I love the idea of having chickens and all the things. But once I get outdoors, then I'm scared of everything. So like if a bee like flies by my head, I'm like running and it, it just it's conflicting. It's confusing. So I call Leslie over, and we're working on the garden. And as we're working on the garden, literally all of these little critters and things that I don't like are just everywhere. So all of a sudden, a bee or something flies by my head, and I'm like, oh, but I'm trying to stay calm because I'm a gardener now, you know what I mean? I gotta stay professional. So I'm like, okay, okay, (laughs) you know? And Leslie's like, oh, she's like, that's a stingless bee, I'm like, Oh, yeah, a singless bee. Yeah, girl. Like, she didn't even see it, but somehow she named it and called it a singless bee. Well, then a few minutes later, we're like working out. All of a sudden, I hear a woodpecker, and I'm like, oh my gosh, a woodpecker. And she's like, yeah, that's a red bellied woodpecker. And I'm like, yeah, like, for sure, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. So we keep going. And then all of a sudden we're digging and we're planting some cucumbers because I'm going to make me some homemade vinegar pickles. You know what I'm saying? And when I go to get in the dirt, there's, a be- there's like a beetle, like a bug or something. So I-, I pull back once again, trying to stay calm. And she's like, oh, wow. Oh my goodness. That is a lace wing beetle. And I was like, Where we're from, I call that a roach, okay? Looks like a roach, I'm not fooling with it, okay? She's like, oh no, 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 it's a lacewing beetle. This adds so much beauty and benefit to your garden. So now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, for real? She literally picks it up, mm -mm, picks it up and I'm like, wow, wow, lacewing beetle. (laughs) But then when she started telling me the benefits of the beetle, I kind of was like, wait a minute, I do want the lacewing beetle in my garden. You see what I'm saying? So I that to say, she began to give me truth around these bugs that added value to my garden. Three hours later, being educated by this, all of a sudden my fear and my panic actually started to kind of fade away a little bit. So much so that I went then to Home Depot, loaded up again. Y'all threw my back out. I'm not playing with this garden. Show them a picture of me at the chiropractor. Look at that. I said, I'm about to make this garden. I go back to Home Depot. She tells me that there's these marigolds for the gardeners in the house. Marigolds, and it's gonna draw the pollinators. It's gonna draw the bugs, and these are the ones that you want in your garden. So I thought, this is actually so crazy to me because the bugs that used to bug me I now welcome because I became aware of the benefits they would bring to my garden. The bugs didn't change, my truth about them changed. And there was something about that truth that brought me peace. So Social Dallas today, I wanna talk about a peace that makes no sense because in 2023, there is a war for our peace. You feel it, right? I feel it. People who don't know Jesus have no peace. People who do know Jesus have no peace. That's where I have a problem. (laughs) We have more Christians fighting online, hating each other, talking about each other, jealous of each other. Everyone is offended, which you heard PR talk about it. His messages have been unbelievable on offense. But he says in the last days that many will be offended. Anxiety is through the roof, and I believe that it's actually directly connected to increased awareness. So we are aware of everything that's going on. In the beginning, there was Adam and Eve garden, so peaceful, just them, no cell phones, no TV, no, no nothing, just them living their best lives. Imagine what your life would look like if you just weren't on social media, didn't have the news, what would our lives look like? And so I believe that there's so much awareness, too much awareness, to really the darkness that is filling the earth. And I feel like the same way that there's an increase of that awareness, there should be an aggressive pursuit of an increase of who God is in our lives, despite what the world is saying, despite what is going on before our eyes. It's fueling our anxiety and killing our peace. And so today on this Mother's Day, a Mother's Day gift from me to you, I want to. I want with all of my heart, with all of my soul, for peace to fill this room, for the peace of God to fill your hearts, for Jehovah Shalom to make his, himself present in this room and in your hearts and in your homes and while you're driving down the road in your car and when you go to your job and your career. I want to believe that, that peace is not a thing. It is a, is a person And his name is Jesus and he's not absent, but he's present. So everywhere that we step our feet, we should have this supernatural, unexplainable peace that makes no sense simply because we're connected to the Father. So one thing I'm learning about gardening, I'll give you my tips, but it's important to have an awareness to what will help it thrive. So that's super important. The proper positioning, the right soil, the right amount of water, too much water can hurt it. Not enough water can kill it, but also it's important to have an awareness of the pest that will make it die. The bugs, the bugs, the bugs. I'm learn the roaches. I'm-, I'm learning to live with. But the raccoons and the skunks and the coyotes, those I can't live with. Because all they do is destroy my fruit. So today, I want to identify traps that can destroy your peace. We're gonna call them peace pests. Peace pests. That's cute, right? Pastor Robert came up with that. I didn't come up with that. So peace pests, because I, and I wanna identify them because I feel like a lot of us Christians, we, be, we, we believe the lie that once we come into alignment with Jesus and we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus, that now everything is supposed to be okay and be perfect, but I, I honestly wanna tell you that when you come into alignment with Jesus and his will for your life, the, the attack actually increases because now you're a threat to the enemy. And here's the deal, the enemy's not gonna get me to go to the club, I'm not tempted with that. He's not gonna get me to tempt me to cheat on my spouse. That's, that's not gonna happen, like, it ain't gonna happen. He's gonna try to get me to do all these things that it's it's not gonna work, but what he can attack me on is my peace. My peace and seeing all that's going on in the world, I don't know if I can go to the mall and be safe anymore. I don't know if I can send my kids to school and be safe anymore. There is an attack on our peace, but I am determined to tap into the supernatural peace that makes no sense. And so, I'm I'm coming to you today as I am on the journey. And that's why this is so personal to me, because I'm not above it. As a pastor, I'm not above this. No, there is an attack. The enemy is just, he hates your progress. He hates you sitting and growing. Even the fact that you're in the room today, you're growing and you're learning. And I'm proud of you. You got up today. You got your kids ready and you got up today. You were annoyed and frustrated. You didn't wanna come, but you got up today and you're in the room and the enemy hates your progress because your progress leads to peace and he is attacking our peace but today as we identify it's not gonna catch us off guard that's that's where I feel like we can benefit from the awareness of his tactics Is so often we're so caught off guard and then we, we get knocked down because we're not sure we weren't expecting it this these are the things that you can expect as a believer, these things will come your way. And you will be given an opportunity to choose Jesus or choose the enemy. I pray that today, Social Dallas as a house, Social Global, Social Watch Party, everyone in the room and around the world, that you will leave with a new understanding and and empowerment of a peace carrier. I'm a peace carrier. We are peace carriers because we are connected to the Father. So number one on, uh, on Peace Pest is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness is one of the most costly things that you could ever do. The danger of prayerlessness keeps you focused on you, and you focused on you can be very destructive. A life of prayer can often be viewed as a religious routine, but it's not a religious routine, it's actually the lifeline as a believer. And I think a lot of times we make it like it's like prayer is a checklist and then people are like, oh, that's religious. Actually put prayer on your checklist and make it happen because often people will say I don't have time and I get it, I'm a mom of three. You know, we're doing a lot of things but I have learned in my life I cannot afford to not pray, to not sneak away to the secret place. Jesus did it all the time often. Why? Jesus himself went went away often and he prayed and he sought the Father. Why? Because it is the lifeline. It is going to be the only thing that carries us through the days that we're living in is our connection to the Father. And the connection to the Father is in his presence through a life of prayer. When you're worried, pray. When you're happy, pray. When you're confused, Pray. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen rejoice always. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you are my Father. Thank you that you redeemed. Thank you that you woke me up and gave me another day to be alive. It is a gift. Thank you, Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. I don't have time. You better make time. We gotta make time as believers. I'm challenging to you today. Put it on your checklist. Put it on your calendar. Make it a priority. Prioritize. You know the enemy You know what? He will be terrified if you prioritize prayer because that's when everything is gonna shift and change in your life. You don't have time, make time. You know what I do? I go to my laundry, I have piles and piles and piles of laundry for days and guess what I do? I start praying, pleading the blood of Jesus over my children, over my marriage. I'm folding Bubba's clothes in the name of Jesus, I call forth Bubba and the will of God that you have for Bubba. God, I call forth as I pray and I fold Evie's clothes and Remy's clothes and Robert's clothes over our family that we are covered, we are protected, that angels stationed around our home. You hear what I'm saying? And so no matter what, that's where religion comes in is, is how you do it and how long you do it. And no, 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 no. Just do it. It doesn't matter where you do it. Driving down the road, pray. In the grocery store, pray. Folding laundry, pray. Because you can't afford not to do it. Prayer keeps you connected to the vine. John 15- Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. He also trims every branch that produces fruit to prepare it to produce even more. You have already been prepared to produce more fruit by the teaching I have given you. Stay joined to me. Father, keep us joined to you, and I will stay joined to you. I'm gonna read that again. Stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you. No branch can produce fruit alone. I must stay connected to the vine. The vine producing fruit, let's talk about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. Connect yourself to the vine, cling to the vine and watch the peace of God fill your heart. We search for peace but we don't pray. And then we wonder why we don't have peace. We scroll to find peace, but then we're mad and stressed because we compare our lives and lose our peace. We work harder to make more money to find peace. I'm guilty of that. But then we're tired and we're weary and we're stressed because we don't have time for rest and we lose our peace. We look to marriage, relationships to find peace. And then you get married and then you get married, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Listen, I love my marriage, you hear me? I'm happily married, but it hasn't been easy. We've had to work, we've had to work, we've had to grow, we've had to get in therapy, we've had to pray, 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 because the enemy has attacked our marriage like he attacks every marriage, it started in the garden. But your marriage won't complete you, won't fulfill you a relationship, social Dallas, There's only peace found in him. Martin Luther King said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. It is the lifeline. So here are a few questions to ask yourself. There's one really simple. Are you praying? I don't know, it's just, It's super simple, but it's something to ask yourself. Are you you praying? Are you prioritizing prayer? If we prayed more than we scrolled, I wonder what our peace life would look like. Are you talking to other people before you talk to God about it? And I say that because I actually, I think it's important to process with the right people, right people right people, process with the right people is key to peace. Okay. But also I found myself guilty as well. Often I'll go talk to other people before I've ever talked to God and their advice is only through the lens of their own brokenness or their own trauma. And so then they don't give me the good advice, the right advice. And so now I'm kind of stuck in this way. I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I could have just, my first response should have been prayer because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will show you. He will show you. He hears us. Are you praying for what you want or what he wants? Are you praying according to his will? And here's something that's very powerful. You should pray what you desire. Declare and believe for that miracle to come to pass in your life. And don't stop believing. Don't stop contending for it. But here's the truth when it comes to God and asking for his will, I've learned. John 5.14 says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I have found that I have asked God to redeem my life and restore my life, but it came in a package that I wasn't expecting. And so I, I prayed, God, rescue me and God, fill me. But then yet, it actually cost me some of the things that were closest to my heart. Years later, I am redeemed. I'm restored and I'm happy. But on that front end, that early end, praying for things, God, I, I, I do want your will, but rescue. Me. Usually we're praying prayers that we benefit from, and sometimes the calling of God costs things that are closest to our hearts. So don't stop praying and don't stop believing. One of my greatest things is that God didn't give me what I asked for when I was broken. Because what When I was broken, I wanted something completely different. I wanted something completely different than whole tailor. So God, yes, redeemed my life, but he didn't give me the specific things that I asked for because he knew, no, 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 no. I have a life for you that is exceedingly abundantly above everything that you could think or imagine, so I'm gonna redeem you and I'm gonna restore you, but it's not gonna look like the way that you expected. And through that, my path to peace, it was preceded with a path of pain but I have my peace. God's will doesn't have to feel good to you in order to be good for you. Okay, let that simmer and rest in that. My girl, Joyce Meyer, she says, you have permission to enjoy your life while you have a problem. And I think that's the tension, is that we don't know what to do when we have a problem. We feel like God is gone and he's not. Remember, he is, he is. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus and he's not gone. He's walking with you through the valley. He's walking with you whenever you don't know how you're gonna pay your bills. He's walking with you whenever you're afraid to go to the mall. He's going with you whenever you're not sure what tomorrow's gonna look like. He is with you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you grateful for the peace of God? Are you grateful for who he is in our lives today? Number two, comparison. This is a big one because I feel like we all do it. It's actually wild to me how miserable people are because they compare their lives to other people. Did you know that the enemy is nervous and terrified about you living in the fullness of who God created you to be? That terrifies him. When you step into the the message, the, the assignment on your life specifically, do you realize on your assignment there are people waiting on you on the other side of your assignment to say yes, They're waiting for the freedom that comes through your specific assignment. But yet you're over here. We, I'll talk to myself as well, we're over here worried about other people's lanes and their lane ain't got nothing to do with my lane. How are you stewarding your assignment? Actually, better question, do you know your assignment? Or do you think their assignment is your assignment because you want what they have? If you think their assignment is your assignment, and it's not your assignment, then prepare yourself for jealousy, anger, bitterness, exhaustion, and ultimately lack of peace. If you've bought into the lie today that there's, I want you to know there's grace for you. We've all been down this road and we all wrestle with it because there's a root in us that we want to be enough, right? We want to be accepted, we want to be loved. But this is a general reminder that you're trying to run in a lane that wasn't designed for you and it's robbing you of your peace. My kids often love going into my closet and putting on my shoes. They love wearing my shoes, but I often tell them they don't fit you, they don't fit you. Be careful because when you trip and you fall, You're gonna get mad at me, but I had nothing to do with that. I tried to tell you don't be wearing my shoes because you have your shoes and I have my shoes. So let me put it like this. Maybe you wear a size four in kids' shoe, but you're trying to wear a men's 12. It don't fit. You're tripping over yourself, falling everywhere, and then you're frustrated at everyone else because it's not working. If the shoe don't fit, it ain't your shoe. Hallelujah, (laughs) hallelujah. Actually, let's go to the word. Ephesians 6 tells us what shoes we should put on. Four shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. I'm gonna read that again. Ephesians 6 tells us what shoes we should put on. Four shoes. Put on the peace. God, everywhere we step our feet, we carry your peace Put on the peace from the good news that comes from the goodness that you will fully, be fully prepared. You know, last week, my pastor, I've heard it multiple times. He said, wear your coat. Okay. Can can, can you just shout, wear your coat real quick? That really blessed my life. I've been wearing my coat. But you know what? Part two is wear your shoes. Can you say, "Wear wear your shoes? Wear your shoes. Maybe you don't compare yourself, but maybe others compare you to who they think you should be. And that's, this is a good one. Let me just, I'll just pause right here. You know, I've heard the comments. I don't read all the comments, but I ain't never seen a pastor be an influencer. Mm. Why don't Taylor just be a pastor and not an influencer? Baby. I've been influencing my whole life, okay? This ain't nothing new. I have been influencing my whole life and I actually started getting paid for it 10 years ago. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh being my provider. I just became a pastor two years ago and I believe that as pastors, we should be influencing everywhere that we go. So, ain't nothing changed for me. i just get paid for it now. So, glory, hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that you have provided, okay? And I'm not gonna stop being a pastor or an influencer simply because you have an opinion about it. Maybe God wants to do a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not see it? You may not see it, but he sees it. I don't need you to see what I see. I don't need you to see what he sees. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert, that don't make no sense to me. It don't have to make sense to you because he's doing a new thing. A new thing is something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And it's not going to make sense to people, and that's okay, because I'm not living for you. I'm living for the assignment that God has placed on my life, and there is not another Taylor Madu on the planet, and I'm embracing it. I'm embracing it. There's not another you on the planet. The world needs you. Someone is waiting on you. Stop comparing do what God has called you to do, run your race because someone's freedom. The thought of that, the thought of that, someone else is desperate for the message that is in you. And the message is not holding a microphone and preaching on a stage, the message is how do you treat someone at the coffee shop who's serving you a coffee? The message of Jesus is how do I treat someone who offends me and said something about me? Let's talk about that real quick. As believers, Truly, what is your response when someone talks about you? You talk about them? What does that feel like? We should should look differently. We should walk differently. We should talk differently. And so today I'm gonna run in my lane and I'm gonna wear my shoes and I'm gonna do it with my head held high because I'm living for him. I'm not living for anyone else. And I speak that over you as well in Jesus' name. Number three. Another piece pest is people-pleasing. Oh, Jesus, this one just, this, this is a really, really good one for me, and I'll get into the details in just a second. Most people don't actually want the best version of you. They want the version of you that best serves them. Therefore, you spend your life trying to please everyone around you, and the moment you do something that they don't like, that doesn't meet their need, there goes your peace because now all of a sudden they're withdrawn or now all of a sudden they're talking about you and you don't know what to do. Your world's falling apart because your identity is found in the way that they see you. I gotta be honest, pastoring has actually, I've been in the process of being freed from people pleasing and it is just giving me life. But the reality is, is to be free from it, I have to face it. So that doesn't feel good because it's like, oh, like I don't want... I I love all of us, literally, my wiring, I love. We're all one big happy family. That's like my favorite thing in the world. We're all sitting around the bonfire, we're all roasting marshmallows, and we're making s'mores, and we're talking about life, and we love each other, but that's also not reality. That's not realistic at times. Because people often come with their own expectation of what they need from you, and it's an unrealistic expectation. And I'm learning that I can never meet that standard, and that's okay. My peace cannot rely on if you like me or what you think about me, because what you think about me has nothing to do with me, and it's not gonna steal my peace. The people that are supposed to stay will stay in your life, And those that are supposed to leave will leave and God will take care of them and God will take care of you. And also, when people leave, like say like people come and go out of your life, that also doesn't make them your enemy. Let's as believers, live above. Let's live above that. When people, maybe there's a season and there's frustration. Sometimes God uses frustration to move people into a different direction. But that doesn't mean that they're our enemies, y'all. Let's live above. Let's be mature Christians. Like I, I don't wanna be like, that's like a, four-year-old, whenever truly you get offended and all of a sudden you stay there and you live there, that's immature Christianity. Let's go deeper. Let's have a but. Let's, let's forgive like Christ said. If, if Christ can forgive hanging on a cross, if he can still bring Judas around the table, even though he knew that Judas was going to betray him, how much more, y'all, can we forgive someone that says something mean about us? You know what I'm saying? Let's be mature Christians. Another thing is that a this is this is actually this is really good too. Um, being a people pleaser is not a is not being a peacemaker. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. But a peacemaker can actually be offensive to some because creating peace, making peace requires boundaries, requires addressing negative attitudes, having hard conversations. And those that benefit from your people pleasing don't like that. I hear that, I hear that little hand clap over there. Who was that? My girl Necca or Nat? I love y'all, you're just my queens. You know, happy Mother's Day, period. <laughs> like why did God make me this way, you know? It just is what it is. We love it. Thank you guys, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> A lot of, wow, guys, whoa, this is a moment. I'm here for it. It's recovery from first service. A lot of times, a lot of times. (laughs) Wow. Oh, goodness. A lot of times I tend to people please because I don't want to be a part of people's pain. That's always really hard for me. It's actually probably the hardest season is whenever, once again, I tend to control the situation by controlling how they view me if I perform well enough. Like I'm tap dancing, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'll be kind enough and I'll like serve you to the best of my ability. And that's gonna control the way that you see me in which then feeds something in me that only God can feel. And that's what happens with people pleasers. And one thing that God spoke to me recently is I'm gonna ask you to do hard things that make you feel uncomfortable, but their destiny is dependent on it on your obedience, and so therefore, I I did a hard thing trusting that God is going to take care of them because I'm not Savior, He's Savior, and my call is not to try to be someone's Savior. My call is to be obedient and allow God to deal with the consequences, and trust that He's big enough to take care of every single person because they're so valuable, and they're so loved, and He also, you know, loves me and finds me valuable, and everyone's going to be taken care of. Do y'all feel that? I feel it. So number four, and I actually want to have the team come. Feelings focused. So being tunnel vision on our feelings is super dangerous. How often do we focus on our situation instead of the Savior? It is scary. I know that It's hard sometimes to go out and you're not sure what's going to happen. I know that marriage is hard some days. I know that you're lonely. I know that you feel like God doesn't see you. I know that you. I'm aware that you had the miscarriage and the pain is overwhelming. I know that you're grieving. I know that you're hurting. I know that you lost your, your mom and Mother's Day so very hard because it just maybe doesn't make sense. But John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Please don't let your feelings have the final say in your life. Feelings are fickle. It says, but Jesus for his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. He understood the fickleness of human nature. Our feelings are so very fickle and so why would we make them the thing that we focus on? Did you know that your feelings can actually keep you out of the will of God? I don't feel like it. Like we're called to do hard things, you know? That's what we always tell our, our children, our babies. Listen, the creator of the universe lives inside of you. You can do hard things, whether you feel like it or not. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't wanna preach today. I said, Lord, you answer my prayer? Just kidding. I'm not saying he made me pass out. I'm just a joke. Everyone breathe. It's okay. Everyone breathe. Woo. No, but it's, it's, it's actually a thing. Like, I feel often, like, unqualified. Like, what? Lord, for real? I've never asked for a microphone. Trust me when I tell you. But you know what? It reminds me of going back to... To Leslie, you know, who you have around you speaking life into you is so important. Who you have in your garden is important because when they begin to give you the facts and the truth, all of a sudden there's something inside of you that rises up and says, Okay, wait a minute. I can't do it. And I just love my husband so much who literally believes the best and calls out in me, even when I'm afraid, even when I, I don't know if I can do it. He calls out and he says, You're a communicator for the gospel of Jesus. You can do it. You're made to do this. And I'm like, Okay. But also, not only the outside voices, not only is that necessary of who you have surrounding you, speaking into your life, but it's also the shifting the focus from yourself, them fickle feelings, but also to the Word of God, the truth. And I love this verse because this is just, oh, it's me. Paul writes, you'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's sheer genius, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple, first Jesus and who he is. It's about him, it's always been about him. It will always be about him. And just talking about who he is brings freedom and shifts a room in the name of Jesus. You're worthy, God, you're mighty, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, you're worthy. You're healing hearts, God, you're healing minds, God, you're healing marriages, you're healing identities, God. It's just the mention of your name, it's your name. Your name, this is, this is the reason that we're here, to lift you up, Father. First Jesus and who He is, then Jesus and what He did. Jesus crucified. He came and He he shed His blood and He crucified our sins to the cross that day, broken, beaten, so that we could walk in the fullness of all that He has for us, that we could live victorious lives, despite what we see, despite what we feel, but know that He is a God of peace and we have direct access because of what He did On the cross at Calvary. So what should I focus on? This is what I encourage you to focus on today is to focus on, oh my gosh, I just saw the time, wow, focus on the payoff. This is, this is all temporary. This is all gonna fade away. But Jesus was able to endure to the end because in Hebrews it says the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Can you imagine the pain and the fear that he must have felt going to literally lay his life down and be crucified? But guess what? Whether you realize it or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you were on his mind. You were his joy, his greatest joy. And he knew that he had to get to Calvary so that you could be rescued and you could be saved and you could be redeemed and you could have new life and you could have another chance. You were on his mind. Our true peace comes from being focused on eternity. You know, one day I I talk about Micah because once again, my not that behind me. Oh, oh, you're so sweet. Y'all didn't want me to... Y'all didn't want me to. That's sweet. i there we go. I'll put that there. You know, I like to walk. I love to talk about Micah because that is literally, it's just who I am. It it made me and equipped me and developed me into who I am today. And so every Mother's Day, I just stand. Before I've I've mentioned, um, I had a sermon called Trophy of Grace, but I just feel like that's like my trophy because it was such a pain... Point for me whenever he was about, he would have been two years old i 'll never forget I was having such a hard day and my mama heart. I was like, I know that he's in heaven, but I also just kind of it would be so helpful if I could just know if he's okay. I just need to know that that he's okay and I was having a hard time, didn't go to class that day, and all of a sudden I wake up, or I, have, um, I open up, and I have a MySpace message from a friend, and it, the title was Micah. I'm like, okay, what is this? So I start reading, and it says Micah. I was, I was in a field with Micah today in my dream, and he was running and playing and laughing so hard having the time of his life. And there, were, there was so much beauty in what I saw. There were, the colors were incredible, colors that I've never seen before. There were butterflies everywhere. And he was just laughing. I remember wishing so badly, I wish Taylor could be here so she could see and hear Micah. And all of a sudden he goes up and he grabs her hand and he takes her to a greenhouse. So in this greenhouse, it said that there were all the valuable flowers and they walk into the greenhouse and there's actually photos of me everywhere. Photos hanging on the walls, photos hanging from the ceiling. And Micah looked up and said, these are pictures of my mommy. And these remind me that one day I get to see her again. And in that moment, there was this, supernatural peace. that was hard to comprehend simply, you can't explain it sometimes. That it was the peace that I needed in that moment to know that Micah was okay. And the reality is, is this is so temporary, but there's a world, there's eternity that's happening, that's happening right now. There's my grandmama's, th- my, my nanny's there, my papa's there. Micah's there. To the women who've lost babies, your babies are there. Adriana, your mama's there. They're there right now as we are down here on this earth trying to figure out how to keep our peace and keep moving forward. There's a world and it's going on in eternity and it's so important that we learn how to live above what we see. The mission is Jesus. The mission is pointing people back to him. He's always been the way. He's always been the truth. So I want everyone to stand to your feet. I wanted to share these things simply because, as I mentioned, I wanted there to be an awareness. When you see it coming now, the arrow, you know how to handle it, you know how to tackle it, you know how to navigate it because you can prepare. But the reason why we're here today more than anything is for those that have never accepted Jesus into their lives as Savior. You're here in the room for a reason. I want all heads bowed and just a really, 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 really big deal. I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know how you're feeling but I know that you're here and that God is calling you to accept Him as Lord and to receive, receive Him as Savior. So if you'd like to receive Jesus as Lord today, all heads bowed and eyes closed to respect, but you can lift your hand and we'll have a team to come and pray actually gonna ask pastor honey if the prayer team could come forward and just repeat this prayer father I accept you into my heart I put you on the throne of my life and I make you Savior today help me walk this thing out help me on the journey Help me to be all that you've created me to be. And ultimately be Savior of my life today and forever. In Jesus' name. Can we do a big round of applause for those who accepted Jesus as Savior? Super proud of you super, 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 super proud of you. It's a big deal, y'all. Heaven is growing right now. Isn't that amazing? Hell is shrinking. It's getting smaller. And now all of a sudden, heaven is expanding. Angels are rejoicing. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. This is a big deal. This is a big deal.